It's the TX Water Polo Podcast. Joe Linehan is sitting in San Antonio. I'm James Smith, back in beautiful, cold Austin, Texas. How are you, Joe? I'm good, James. Um, happy Thanksgiving. Same to you. It was very good. Did you do your thing? Where did you go? Cor- uh, not Corpus. Uh, to uh, pa- to South Padre. South Padre. Yeah. How'd that oh, work out? Good. Just it was it was fun hanging out with the family, and then we came back. It's good to watch some sports. You know that I haven't really been able to sit and watch sports for a while. So the one thing I saw that was hilarious was um, the uh, the golf little challenge oh, thing. i just saw highlights of that on youtube yeah go ahead it's just it's it's just funny to watch charles barkley <laughs> yeah that's a that that is entertaining <laughs> but he did win yeah because he had because he actually had the pro golfer as his partner no so. kidding i saw phil walking around i didn't know who it was like i thought where that's phil wow yeah i guess you like, can't you don't get in shape it, when you're and, that old and, and there were people that were betting against Phil. I'm like, why are you betting against oh the only pro in the group here? It. Yeah, crushes so. it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't really follow that so much. You know what I wanted to – what I started watching last night for the first time is uh, Ted Lasso. I, I thought that was going to be a complete dog of a show. It is really pretty charming. I actually liked it. So that's that's my first foray into sharing television uh, watching with you, I think, in some time. Yeah, I think I saw some little top ten list of the top ten sh- – TV shows of all time, and like there's like Breaking Bad and The yeah, Wire and, and Sopranos yep. and Mad Men. Um, I have not seen any of those shows. Uh, well, all right, so I watch less stuff than you do. I'm I like just watch YouTube videos these days, but <clears throat> Breaking Bad and The Wire are both fantastic shows. Oh, great. I've heard, yes, yeah. and I, it's just it's it's the it's the sitting down and watching the 50 hours of, of TV. I know that's it's, it's I don't know if I can commit to that long term, so. even with this uh, silly little Ted Lasso show. I I was stayed up way too late. I practice, and then next thing I know, it's probably like 1 30 in the morning, and I go, Oh man, I gotta get up and take my daughter to school. Uh, but yeah, I, I, that was pretty charming actually. And I did watch uh, Queen's Gambit, and and uh, and I'm back in knee deep in The Crown as well. So I, I'm 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 catching up to you with your Netflix and Apple TV. I think I have not seen The Crown, but The Queen's Gambit's very very good. It really is. It really is. It, the ending is predictable and sort of a very happy ending, and it's all that great. That's, that's all great, and I don't care. I don't care. It was really yeah. good. Yeah, it was, it was it was very well made. Now on to water polo stuff. Come no, on. let's talk about. Uh, young girls taking amphetamines while they're playing chess. No. Um, and we're moving on. You're moving on. ODP <laughs> took place on Sunday. I'm, uh, I was going to say I'm still recovering from it, but it actually went fine. Um, we had, uh, we had a, a, several kids drop out for reasons of COVID and other injuries and sicknesses and so on. So we ended up having about 104 field players and seven goalies, eight goalies, something like that. I don't remember what the final, final numbers are. And um, everything went well, um, I, although I will say, and I'm, I'm, this, I'm uh, breaking a little bit of news here, I think, is I don't think we're going to go – I think we're going to cap it at a lower number because we were just running out of space uh, if, we go, if we do something else, if we do another clinic, which I think we will, as we've discussed. But, uh, you know, Louisville is one of the great – I love that facility and just love it. And I thought – this is going to be easy to accommodate all these kids. And then next thing you know, we have cages set up and there's 18, 22 kids shooting on a cage. So I think we're going to address that next time. Yeah. I mean, it's good that a lot of kids want to come and play and 
uh, in practice. Lot. And, you know, I do know there's a lot of uh, non, like there's a lot of non-camp, non-contact practicing going on right now. But yeah. um, this is just, there's that there, there's a need for more water polo. So I'm glad that the, o, that the ODP camp was able to provide it. I think you're planning on trying to do some stuff in January and February to kind of get more kids together. So oh, for sure. Yep. Houston, and, probably again, it's on the calendar, so there's no secret about this, but January 10, is when we are, I, I want to use the word likely, I think that's the right word word to use, is to have a clinic on, on the 10th. The format of which is still up in the air. In fact, Chris Cullen and I had a conversation about this yesterday, about how we might want to switch things up. And uh, when you and I take a break here afterwards, I'm going to put this in front of you as well. But yeah, I have some ideas about it. Chris has some ideas about it. And I think it's going to be a different format when we reconvene in January. Yeah, just keep getting better and, and adjusting and adapting as needed. So, you know yeah. what I was surprised by? I think a little bit I realized when this is over because you and I for now, for months now have been talking about California teams that want to come out and play in these tournaments. I am almost surprised that no California kids you know, wanted to sign up and just fly out here and, and play for the weekend because we've had some in the past. They have sort of like dual citizenship. I mean, I know that's overstating it. You're not a citizen, but you know, some, some kid from San Diego, but also plays in Houston and that kind of thing. I'm just, I don't know. I'm sort of surprised about that. I'm not sure. Well, they're having ODP camps in California. What's that? They are having ODP camps in California. Not everywhere. So that's why I was wondering, you know, Uh, but uh, that's fine with me. We have so much demand here. It's incredible. Great. Incredible. Yeah, and just um, and yeah, and we had a, and we also had a good showing at the Texas Development Summit and Texas Coaches Academy on Saturday as well. Let me so. mention one thing before we move on to that because I do want to do that. But uh, so here, and my anecdote from ODP, and this is relevant to the interview we're going to do today. So I show up, or, or I I learned some time ago that Trent Calder is going to be the USA Water Polo representative coach who's going to do ODP. Every ODP clinic camp, you know, has somebody who quote-unquote flies in from somewhere else like a national team coach so i walk on the deck and i'm like hey trent how's it going and i get good um how was your flight yesterday <laughs> like what are you talking about i was like well you flew in right he's like no i live in dallas I'm like what i didn't even know joe you didn't tell me uh i've actually never met trent face to face um but uh yeah hey uh james uh, uh, trent calder moved to dallas uh, yeah good well i better He's interview be the coach guy. St. Mark's. Yeah, well, and we're going to cover that in uh, some pretty, pretty good detail about the the new job that he has. He's take, you know, it's a newsworthy item because I don't think anybody would dispute that St. Mark's is, if not the most prestigious high school boys team in the state. You know, it's up there, right? We had our whole tournament in the spring, and uh, you know, they came out on top in a few in a few of those. So, so yeah, he's taking over for Mihai, you know, who's a essentially a legend, um, but. But he snuck in here, man. I didn't know. I didn't. I just thought he was flying in from uh, Davis. So he was an assistant at UC Davis last year. So anyway, welcome aboard, Trent. Um, okay, development summit that took place on Saturday while I was in my truck uh, driving through the rain for eleven hours. Well, that's no fun. But uh, but we had a great. We had over. We had over forty people of uh, register and or attend. What is it again? Summit. Let's let's yeah. uh, share that. We had over 40 people that either registered and or attended the Texas Development Summit on Saturday morning. The Development Summit is we have a we have a coach meeting, 
a coach slash club admin meeting. We have a referee meeting. Then we have a joint meeting. It's just an opportunity for all the coaches to get together mm-hmm. or all the people that are involved in the different aspects of the sport to get together, talk about some things because we never really get an opportunity to have some good conversations because mm-hmm. if they're always rushed in the hospitality room or kind of rushed between games and yeah, and such like that. And we had some very good, this was the first one we've ever done virtual. Right. But um, we had a lot of good conversations. We, we have, we hit on some important topics you know, a, a lot of good COVID discussion back and forth about the do's, the don'ts, the positives, the yeah, like the negatives. Um, a lot of good conversation about you know the need to recruit more referees, about 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 just the professionalism for everybody, you know, and how we all need to take like you know take responsibility for the communication between clo- like 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 coaches to coaches, uh, coaches and referees, and referees to coaches and stuff like that. So it was it was a very good. A discussion or we had three different discussions and um and uh like uh, was it i hope that we can do it in person on uh next time so. well i was going to ask you about that because that format seems actually kind of conducive to having a good conversation with a lot of coaches on zoom it's it's not optimal but the point is that you know it's trouble for some people to travel to a certain place in order to meet and so zoom makes that much more accessible um, I'm wondering what you just said. I think you answered the question already that you would rather have everybody in, you know, or as many people as are, are willing to show up in a particular room. But I, I figured that this format actually worked pretty well. Yeah, no. And I agree. And this might be the format moving forward. But the issue is just, you know, getting people to share. They might warm up to it after the first meeting, mm-hmm. but it's just. Add, like everybody's been in their Zoom meetings or their WebEx meetings or whatever, and people just don't necessarily aren't they're they're not as free to share um, quickly, right? Um, that's true, and and that's just and that's just we just have to again adjust and adapt and maybe have some breakout rooms or just have some little like kind of kind of popcorn questions for the audience and stuff like that. And this is the first time we did it, so. If we do it again, uh, kind of virtually, I think that we'll be better prepared and do a better job. So that's going to go out. Uh, well, it's already on the um, TX Water Polo YouTube channel, that that recording, but I'll post it on the site as well. I'm catching up on a bunch of stuff. So uh, that'll be that'll come, I think, after this podcast is put out, but we'll see about that. Yeah, maybe before. Um, and then the same, did you want to move on to the Coaches Academy? Yeah, we also had the Texas Coaches Academy. It's the first time we've done it. This was on Saturday afternoon. So it was a long day for for some people, and uh, um, but we had Spencer Dornan. Um, he like he did basic passing and shooting. Then we had Ian Davidson and Drew Clute kind of kind of work together to do um, to do uh, some front court defense and some front court offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it went well. There was a lot of great information that was. Um, that was presented to everybody. We, I mean, it might have been not the best idea to do them the same day. <laughs> um, but uh, that's Joe confessing to something. <laughs> I mean, but it's also if you look at our calendar, it was kind of hard because you know we might have had the ODP thing and uh, Tisco swimming last weekend. We had the weekend before that was the Texas Challenge Cup. We also didn't know about the October and Champions Cup until until September. So this has been on the calendar since August. So this is so we decided to do this back in August, and that was the one free weekend, and we wanted to do it before 
the USA Water Polo Coaches Academies that are happening this upcoming weekend oh, yeah. and the following weekend. Yeah, that's a good point. So, I mean, this was the weekend that just worked out best for this year in 2020. And then we'll, and then if we need to find kind of two different weekends kind of next year, yeah, we will. And we are going to try to do another Texas Coaches Academy here in January, February at some point. We just got to find a proper date and it's going to be virtual again. But um, I thought it was a, gr- a lot of information. Um, I did email out um, to all the participants and the coaches and club admins in the Southwest Zone, um, all the like 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 the videos of the meetings and any attachments or like some like the slideshows to the participants. This um, like the last couple of days. So. Mm, okay. Um, is it, you know, you've got three very high quality coaches who are sharing information, um, two of whom work directly for USA Water Polo. I guess Spencer does too. He's part of the ODP staff. Is this, is what they're sharing at a tactical level, kind of a USA Water Polo, a boilerplate offense, no. defense, that kind of thing, or does it get a little more personalized? No, it gets a little bit more personalized. Okay. I mean, it's um, like, you know, Spencer Spencer taught or tent, it was just a nice little discussion about passing shooting and he and, and, and he shared a couple of videos that um, that kind of really just articulated what he does in his club mm. as well as the as well as the as the ODP kind of system. And yes, um, Drew Klutz, the uh, national coaches education manager and Ian Davidson, the national uh, development boys team head coach. Right. But they kind of put their own little spin on stuff. That's too. good. So, and that's what I think a good coach does. You know, you take this kind of the, like the central concepts and it's not about this is like, this is the exact drill. And then uh, like you take it and you go home to your own program and do it. No, you take that drill and you figure out what exactly do we do and how do we do stuff? And I'm going to change the drill accordingly to meet our needs. Right. And, and, and I think any good coach does that. So. I think there, this is a fascinating conversation because I was uh, driving home on a Sunday with Tom Andrew from Longhorn Aquatics. Thanks, Tom, for the ride, by the way. And uh, we were just talking about sort of coaching styles. Um, you know, some some names came up, but I'm, that's not the point. It's, it's more about um, how do you remain a sort of unique in the way that you coach? but still prepare your athletes for, I'm going to say for college, but for whatever comes next, right? So you know what I mean? Like I used to coach in San Diego against a high school that literally they just, every, all six members of the front court would swim in a circle. And they had some success with it because they knew what they were kind of doing with it. I thought it was silly, but whatever. But I don't think that prepares the kids to play at the next level. So I like that idea that you take these what are sort of considered to be very, very fundamental things and then put your own little twist on it. But as long as you're still maintaining that level of coaching that allows your kids to play somewhere else next. Well, I mean, as far as coaching style and what you coach are two different things. So like a coaching style, I always tell kind of coaches to stay true to themselves. So if you're a stand in a circle and sing Kumbaya type coach, do that. If you're a yeller screamer, do that, but make sure that the kids know that you care. Yeah. The kids, because if the kids know that you care, they don't care what type of coach you are. They're they're They will run through a wall for you. Um, and then as far as, you know, you know, I hate watching like the football teams and the basketball teams and a new coach comes in and goes, this is my style and yeah, this yeah, is yeah. what, and this is what we're going to do. No, you gotta, yeah, you gotta see what you have and adjust and adapt accordingly. Now you can still have the same principles and all this stuff, but you have to do things differently. 
you know, like take Cliff King, Cliff Kingsbury, who's the who's the head football coach at the Arizona Cardinals right now. Who thought that he would have any success at all? But yes, no, go but, ahead. but he is the air raid and 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 kind of line up and have the four wide receivers on every single play. He never had a tight end at uh, Texas Tech, right? I was watching the game the other day. He had three tight ends in the game. They look on good. Both plays, yeah. So and he had one or two wide receivers out there, and that and that was because he had some wide he had some wide receivers hurt. He he may not be as deep in that position, or that he understands that like the need to run the football in yeah in the NFL as opposed to college, and he's going to adjust and adapt his system accordingly. Yeah, he's so done well. I think any good coach is going to do the same thing. You have a central system, and like you know, you might coach slightly different for high school than you do for club. For sure, yeah, and that's okay. But you know, but it's all the same basic core, core, core fundamental properties. I used to talk to Mihai kind of a, a, like kind of Oprah about this, and um, we used to talk about we teach the same stuff 85 percent of the time. Like mm-hmm. all of it, it's the same eighty eight to eighty five. But then you know he's he's a little different for 50 percent. I'm a little different for ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's right. And that's how most coaches are. So you know, there you go. Yeah, that's a good, uh, or at least a good example of it is is Kingsbury because uh, I I thought it was insane that they hired him after a very mediocre ending at Texas Tech, but you know he's at least for this year he's proving us wrong. I guess last year they were okay, but this year they look they look quite good. Um, okay, we'll come back with uh, actually what we'll do is we'll wrap up here. We're going to come back with a conversation with the new head coach at St. Mark's, Trent Calder. All of TX Water Polo is brought to you advertising free, and we'd like to keep it that way. So we're asking for your help. Show your support by going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give so we can keep covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State. Hey, this is Mark Lawrence from Austin College, head coach of the men's and women's Warblow programs and home of our kangaroos. When I'm interested in uh, what's going on with Texas Warblow, I always listen to TX Warblow podcast. Normally, this is the point where I go over somebody's bio, but here's the really key point about the person that we're going to speak to now. He's the new head coach at St. Mark's, the probably the most prestigious team in the entire state of Texas. His name is Trent Calder. How are you, Trent? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is uh, this is pretty funny. Joe and I have already joked about this. So I show up to ODP on Saturday, and you're standing on the deck, and uh, and I say, oh, or Sunday actually. So uh, and I say, oh, how was your trip? You know, like how was it going in? And it was like, uh, what do you? Well, it's fine. You know, I just drove over. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, I moved to Dallas. I'm like, how do I not know this already? So next thing I know, Trent Calder, who is a former assistant coach at Brown at UC Davis, had some huge success at La Mirinda, is the head coach at St. Mark's. So you got to tell us, how did that happen? Yeah. So uh, this is a great school. This is a great opportunity. This is a great place to be a water polo coach and, and take over program. Um, it's something I've kind of been searching for to, to be in charge of a program. And, and uh, St. Mark's offers everything that I want to do. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're in the process of getting a new pool as well. So hopefully it'll become you a total are. package with everything else. Yeah. That's in the works. Um, so um, this was just a, a great opportunity. And, and Texas is uh, fast, fast 
fast growth and we love what we see. Um, when I was at Davis and, and obviously with Brown, having coached kids from, from there, um, you know, we saw what, we were, what was coming out of here and realized this is just a great opportunity. And um, for a guy like me, who's still young and hungry, this is a place I wanted to be to come and coach high school and help the club scene and do my part to make, uh, I think, Texas the next great water polo state. Well, let's cover a bunch of those things because that's super interesting. First of all, the effort to build a new pool would indicate, obviously, that they're still considering, you know, the the sport to be a growth one. But I think the elephant in the room is UIL is coming into play in a couple of of seasons and St. Mark's ain't invited. You know, that's for you and I from California. That's weird because the private and public schools all play together. So ex- give us your explanation for what your aims are for the club or for the, for the team rather um, over time, knowing that it's not going to be a UIL team. Yeah. I mean, there is the, the long shot, you know, that, Hey, maybe we're such a small sport. They find a way to grandfather us in, but again, I, it's feeling like, like a bit of a long shot. But the other thing is, is we're high school sports is just one small facet that is water polo and, and ultimately getting these kids uh, to the next level to play in college and hopefully someday get to the next, next level and getting somebody on the national team and the Olympic team is, is kind of what you want to do. So, you know, we will still have the opportunity to play all of the high school teams at UIL. We just won't get invited to the state championship. So, you know, we've set a goal to just kind of spank everybody and that's <laughs> what we'll try to do and, and let it be known that, you know, you know, this team went undefeated with the except in UIL with the exception of one game against St. Mark's and that's, that'll work for us. And then come club time is, yeah, there's the, the Texas scene is good and we're we're getting, we have a lot of talent on this team and we want to go to JOs and we want to go to, you know, eventually once it gets aligned to the fall sport cap seven and get into, you know, Iron Man, excuse me, uh, super, uh, not Iron Man anymore. It's called, uh, Oh, Robert's old league. Yeah. Yes. Uh, right, right, right. I don't know what it's called. Anymore. Blanking on it. I, I, club championships. I, I grew up with it and now they're in the, uh, Oh gosh, it's not Iron Man anymore. I it's all right. It's the other one I go, but that one get invited to that. And then as well as JOs, um, and, and, you know, compete against everybody, not just Texas, you know, right. all year round. And that's, that's kind of the goal. So well, that, that was one among the first things I thought of when you had, when you mentioned shocked me that you'd taken the job at St. Mark's was that um, the team is solid enough that you could, yes, you'll play against teams that are in the UIL and, and, and so on, but you could without any problem fly out of California and play in a couple tournaments. I mean, let's be honest, like, first of all, the budget is probably available. So, uh, uh, you know, the school is, is uh, ready to do that kind of thing, but also just the quality of your team theoretically, right. Is, is good enough that you can go and play some of these tournaments. Was that at least on your mind when you took the job as well? Absolutely. I, I mean, going UIL um, was a big part because we're going to get water polo in the fall, which is where it is in California. And, and, and that's a big part is because you, you, you want to be the best. You got to play the best. And, and if you're in a different season than they are, it's tough to do. So now we're in a situation where we can go out there in the fall, play these teams in high school league. And then in the winter and the spring, we can go back out again as a club team. Again, compete against these guys. This is where the college coaches are. This is where the opportunities are. And, and that's how we get the best games. That's what we have to do. And, um, you know, with, again, like I said, with the growth, I don't think we're going to be the only Texas team doing this. There's going to be a lot of 
really good opportunities for other teams to get out there as well. From the perspective of the school, as far as you know, is there any reason why a team from a, a unaffiliated team or a team that's affiliated with a, a smaller conference would be able to go to California and compete? Is there and are there any restrictions from the CIF, for example, to play against teams that are um, you won't be you'll be in a, a strange status because you're no longer a club, but you're also not part of the you know of UIL to be honest. Well, I think in the you know in the fall. S and R will be in a high school system. I don't know yeah. what that'll be yet. I'm, I'm, I'm still new enough that I'm learning that, but um, you know, for, for, for S and R tournaments or other North South tournaments, any of those things that we can get into um, I don't know that they'd have an issue with us because we are a high school team first and yeah. foremost. That's how okay. we'll be looked at. So that shouldn't be, I, you know, everyday man, that shouldn't be an issue, you know, but as soon as we look into the fine details of things that, that could be something that they bring to our attention. Well, That's I good. am fascinated about that stuff. A couple of years ago, a team from Cincinnati, which was very good, St. Uh, oh, that's terrible. I just forgot them. St. Charles. Um, a a good team went out to California and did pretty decently. Um, but the, the sport in Ohio is in a, this uh, amorphous state. It doesn't, I don't think it resides underneath the Ohio State High School Organizing Committee like it does in Pennsylvania and so on. So this is a, a matter of curiosity. The club stuff to me is obvious. Like you'll be able to travel and go and however you want to do. That's, that's totally fine. It's the high school stuff, which is the most important, I would say, because the, again, being true to your school is, an, is an, a very American notion, a very Texan notion and uh and so and it and it played out in a in a best of texas virtual tournament that we held on txwaterpolo.com in the spring where saint mark's came out on top right so the point being that that's what people are going to pay attention to like the high school team that goes out to california and kicks whoops up on some teams from from there that would be very interesting okay well that's that that makes a huge difference did you were you aware of saint mark's as a program or or how early were you aware of saint mark's as a program because clearly you were at brown clearly you were at uc davis were you at la marinda or even earlier in your coaching career yeah. So my first experience with it was, uh, while I was La Marinda and, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of what year it was, but a kid from St. Mark's came out to La Marinda and trained with my La Marinda team. And, uh, he ended up being a great attribute to the team, brought a lot to it, ended up going to Cal. That was, uh, Tim, Tim Simmons. Simmons. So, yeah. Um, so that was my first, um, experience with St. Mark's and, uh, from there, I basically the next year or maybe two years later, I took the Brown assistant coaching job when Mark Lawrence went to Navy, who is wearing, you know, currently at the ruse where you're repping right now. Yeah, so wearing um, the sweatshirt. Mark, thank you for, for leaving Brown. I appreciate that. <laughs> that was a great, uh, great opportunity for me. So, uh, and Felix gave me my first opportunity to be a, a, a college coach at Brown. And, and that was my first real experience with the recruiting from St. Mark's because we had Warren Smith on our team. Yeah. And Warren Smith was from St. Mark's, told me all about it, got to play against uh, PJ Taylor at Navy, who was also from St. Mark's. So I got to see a lot more of it than I had with, um, with Tim. So that was really where I kind of opened my eyes to it. And I, I hear the prestige of the, you know, education and, and the athletics was great and kind of always kept tabs on it. And then this opportunity opened up several years later and here we are. How, so let's go back to your career. Um, you are from Southern California, um, a school, we, we were talking about this before we started recording, but Ayala High School in Chino Hills. How did you, and then went on to Cal to have a very prestigious career actually. Um, as a matter of fact, 
this, this is what's funny is it's written on the bio that you scored 33 goals and then you added a, a team best 34 combined field blocks. So that's, I mean, as a coach, field block is about my favorite statistic, but you, it's not something that you often see in someone's bio featured. So well it's done, Trent. my favorite. It is my absolute <laughs> favorite. I, goal scoring is great, but there is something about when a guy is shooting the ball and he's thinking he's scoring a goal and you just get a paw on that ball and he's just <laughs> – deflated and you're just like nah, not gonna happen you yep. know I, I love it I, I put such an emphasis on field blocking I always have you know if the ball never gets to your goalie you never have to worry about you know goal getting scored so um that was always my theory and yeah I, I was very very <laughs> proud of that very proud of that statistic so yeah. so back-to-back NCAA championships in 2006 2007 got all American uh honors as well how did you how did you go from uh Ayala which at the time was not uh, I, you, you correct me if I'm I'm wrong a, a good program but not one that's sort of like well known like completely over the state of California but obviously you were on Cal's radar how did that happen yeah so my freshman year I started playing water polo uh, right from the get-go and, and um, loved it. I, I actually, let me rephrase that. My freshman year, I started playing pool and I didn't like it very much. It wasn't until my sophomore year when I went out and um, I had a bunch of guys who played a club at the time and they're like, okay, you're playing club with us because I was new. I made varsity my first year. I knew how to swim, you know, so I made it. I was big, you know, uh, so I, I became a center and kind of took to it you know, fish and water, so to speak, and uh, loved it. And then my sophomore year, we did the national team stuff, which wasn't called ODP yet, but I ended up making the youth team. And um, it was there that Chris Oding, who was my youth team coach at the time, said to me, he goes, congratulations, you've all punched your ticket to college. Wow. And I kind of was like, wow, okay, hey, I hadn't really thought about that. So that's where I really got on uh, a lot of colleges' radars at that point. So from there, my sophomore year, uh, myself and a crosstown rival, um, Grant Miller made that team. Grant, who also happens to be in Dallas coaching, he's uh, one of the coaches at Pegasus Club. Um, he and I made that team. Both went off to to play at, at uh, different schools. He went to Pepperdine. I went to Cal. So, um, I, you know, my senior year, we won uh, we won CIF for uh, for Division Five. We had a great team that year. We beat all other team all other divisions except for Division Two and One. We didn't play. So. Um, and uh, my best friend, Travis Watts, he ended up going to Santa Barbara and I, we had a good team, you know, and that's kind of how it happened. And we got on the radar through that. And uh, Kirk brought me up and uh, he was coaching La Marinda at the time. So my my junior year of, uh, of J.O.'s, we went head to head with Lamo and I scored the game winning goal on his team that he was coaching at the time. So that kind of put me, I think, even more so on his radar. Plus, my sister swam at Cal. Oh. And right around, right around my junior year, I kind of started saying like, Hey, I'm, I'm starting to dig your, you know, this school. So she went up and introduced herself and he's like, Oh yeah, I know who your brother is. And that really, uh, that was really how that took off for me. So yeah. beautiful. Um, after that, uh, well, it, not even really after, but very soon after, uh, USA national team in 2000, uh, 2009, um, the university games in Belgrade, what was your, what was your recollection of that tournament? That was cool. Hey, you know, the, 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 from the youth team tournament that I was on in where we were in Italy and, and Turkey um, that was very cool to the, being the different level with the world university games was awesome. I mean, the world university games has an opening ceremony. It has all the other countries there. There's a home, you know, they've got the, the village and everything. And it was, it was really cool, really exciting. The water polo was awesome. Um, you know, we, we didn't do as well as we'd like, but still it was a great trip. And uh, I had an excellent time. I've still got, we all 
traded pins with all the other yeah, countries and stuff absolutely. for that. And I've got that sitting in my house and it's, it's, it was very impressive trip and I had a great time doing it. That's for sure. So, so how soon after that, are you thinking about getting into coaching? It was, that was an aspiration as you're yeah. let's say in college or was it something that you discovered afterwards? Yeah. So it was in college in 2000, my, well, my sophomore year. So 2006, 2007, I started coaching for, for La Miranda, Um, and I was the 14 unders coach, uh, assistant coach to Derek Schaffler. So Derek Schaffler took me under his wing. I mean, he, he is very, uh, influential in a lot of my coachings. And he took me under there and, and, and I started coaching really, I, let's be honest, as a college kid, I started coaching for beer money. That's basically what it was. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just mad cash and, and, and just had that and kept doing it and kept loving it, kept doing it, kept loving it. And it really helped me because I started coaching these 14 unders and, and then all of a sudden I'd get in the pool and I'd be like, wait a minute, why am I not doing this? I, my, I tell my kids to do this movement all day and I'm not. And I remember having that kind of aha moment, like, man, I need to start, you know, seeing things differently. And that's really where things took off for me as well in the water. Um, but I started coaching in 2007 and, uh, continued to do that all the way through and out of college. And, uh, I was doing commercial real estate at the time and I loved it. Loved commercial real estate. I was in the Bay area. Um, and I met a girl in college and, um, stayed in the area because of her and loved it. And, um, uh, anyways, was coaching club water polo while I was doing commercial real estate and I'd go to work and then I'd go to club and, all of a sudden it kind of started being like, man, after clubs, the best part of my day, you know, this, <laughs> this is tough. And then, and then all of a sudden the opportunity at Brown opened up and I'm like, I got to at least give it a shot. And I knew within the first week of being there, I'm like, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be for the rest of my life. So here we are. So you didn't mention the enormous salaries that you get, like what a two, 3 million bucks to work at St. Yeah, Mark's, I think something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not exactly allowed to, to say the exact number, I understand. how many millions I it, it is uh-huh. or isn't let's focus uh, on the isn't, you know, but uh... <laughs> understood. yeah, it has to be a passion play. Right. I mean, because sure. this, there's, sure. well, we know that there are certain jobs in the, in the U S uh, I junior colleges, for example, and let's say, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> sacred heart prep for example like you're gonna get paid pretty well right but for the for the most part you're making a decent salary um but it's nothing that's uh, gonna you know blow anybody away um you obviously took that into consideration when you went into coaching because you you know what's going on um what is it what, what are your overall responsibilities at st mark's because it's not just the water polo coach job is that correct correct yeah no i'm also doing the swim team right now and uh I'm one of the few guys who enjoyed swimming when I played water polo. You know, I, I saw it as a, as a way to get faster for, for polo. So when I was, when I it was swim season, I was a swimmer. I, I identified as a swimmer because I knew that when polo season came around, I was ready to go because of it. So I enjoyed it. And now I'm getting to, to share those experiences and my outlooks with, uh, with this group here. And, and this is a super um, disciplined group. You know, uh, Mihai, who was my predecessor, did an amazing job. And I really have inherited a, uh, a well-disciplined, well-oiled machine at this point. So um, it's been fun to fun to take it over. You brought him up, but uh, what did you know about me? Mihai Oprea was the coach there for since wow, it, uh, we, we had this conversation. Twenty-one earlier. years, 20, Some, 21, yeah. 22 years, something like so that. So obviously made his mark because no pun intended. But they, they obviously made the program into what it is. What did you? A couple things. What did you know about him before you took the job, if anything, and? Um, how would you maybe describe the differences in, in the way that you think you're going to coach these boys as opposed to the way that he did? Is there much of a change? 
You know, I can't really respond too much to that because his coaching style was unknown to me at that point, other than it was uh, heavily disciplined, um, you know, and, and the guys were very respectful. I, I, I'm seeing that every single day of practice, just the, the amount of respect I get. I think a lot of that comes from Texas as well, but um, you know, I didn't know too much about him beforehand. I, I briefly looked him up, saw that he'd been here and um, you know, he has an amazing history, you know, of, of winning here, both in swimming and in water polo. Um, and I can't really comment to the differences too much. I just know that I'm coming here with, uh, you know, my background in teaching kids the best fundamentals as possible and, and teaching the game at, 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 from, you know, low level to high level uh, all the way through is giving people the complete package to, to do with it what they will. But um, that's what I can guarantee about myself is you're going to learn the fundamentals. You're going to learn the basics. You're going to learn every day. And I'm going to break down very small. You know, um, I'm a good communicator. I may have 20 guys with 20 different learning styles. I will have to figure out how to each one learns and that's how I'll do it. Teach them all the same thing, but 20 different ways uh, to get the team as best possible. And that's, that's really what I, I bring to the table is great communication and great knowledge and understanding of the game. Part of Mihai's style was clearly formed because he came up through a system in Romania, which is, mm -hmm. a, and you could argue, and we, we, you and I could argue about what are the differences between a, sort of the American style, whatever that means, versus European. So would you say that uh, you incorporate uh, basically skills from both European and American standards, or how would you describe your coaching style if you could? You know, I... <laughs> Very similar to the ODP system, almost identical. I mean, I, I, I've learned a lot from that. I, I coached a lot like that prior to it coming into existence. And, and um, I had a, I had a great high school coach, Brad Durbin, who, who taught me some amazing stuff. And, and, and basically I've learned how to take it and, um, you know, apply it to, to what's going on around us. I, I think my system is very in line with the ODP stuff though. Honestly, I, what they're doing works. It's shown results you know, we're seeing so much growth out of these kids. If nothing else, what the, what the ODP system is doing is it's putting every kid on the same page for when they come together as a team. And, and you know, we're, we're going to focus on that here. Ultimately, we have to go with what we have talent-wise, skill-wise, position-wise. But, um, you know, my, my focus is, is a lot of those movements as building blocks. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to give you the, the ground floor and the, and the first floor and once you get that, you kind of take it and make it greater, so to speak. So what's uh, what are you guys doing now? I mean, it's swim season. Um, you're, uh, are you're allowed to swim in the pool on your bathtub on campus? Bathtub, um, correct. Yeah. Um, is, is your understanding that's going to be the same when water polo season comes around is that, uh, are you allowed physical contact for example? Yeah. Yeah. So we should be fine with that. Um, you know, they're doing a great job here at St. Mark's. We, we're, we're testing. I get tested here in about an hour and a half. Um, so, you know, from coming back from Thanksgiving and uh, you know, we have a, we have a meet next week. So we're excited about that. And I anticipate that everything in, in our little St. Mark's bubble is going to stay the way it is. We've got uh, the community has done a tremendous job of, of staying safe taking precautions, doing everything they can. We've had a few upsets here and there, but I anticipate things going the same direction for the remainder of the year. And, uh, you know, we're already playing water. We're, we're planning on playing water polo and uh, we will be full contact. Obviously our bathtub is limiting to, to what we can do there, but when we get there, we will be ready to go. I have to confess, I've actually never been there. I've seen photos of it and Mihai used to complain about it incessantly. So uh, uh, understandably so. Um, what is your obligation to a club at the moment and what are, what are your aims as far as that's concerned? 
Yeah. So obligation is to, there's a club team out of here that is called Trident. And uh, basically it's, it's just giving the St. Mark's boys year round water polo. It would be the same as what uh, Ross is doing with Newport, what Brian is doing with Harvard Westlake, what uh, they're, you know, those types of clubs that are doing, you know, modern day was doing and, and that kind of thing. So um, uh, that's my, my goal is to keep these guys year round, keep them on the same page, build that, that culture, that, confidence in each other to, to win big games. Is your um, schedule, I mean, it allows you obviously to be the head coach at St. Mark's and a couple different teams, and then also a club. Do you foresee yourself actually helping out other programs in the Dallas area, or you're committed to, to Trident as far as you know? I want to help out anybody who wants help. Uh, that That's just me and my nature. And I'm hoping to, to help out with some of those uh, other clubs, not necessarily maybe coaching for their teams, but I do want to get well, what, what Texas misses that Southern California has is games. Yeah. You know, I mean, you remember growing up, I, I feel like every Tuesday or Thursday we were off playing games. We were at Commerce or we were, you know, at SoCal or we were wherever, just constantly playing games. And here I look at the, the number of games that these kids have, and it's, it's, you know, we had more games in the off season in SoCal than they have here on season, you know, yeah. so in season. So um, the biggest thing I want to do is, you know, obviously Pegasus is here. Thunder is here, you know, get some games with them going and expand it. You know, there's no reason we can't have our own, um, you know, futures. That's what it was called. Yeah. Uh, Iron Man was futures. You know, there's no reason we can't have our own, you know, Texas futures. That's part of it. And top two teams go and play with them in the future uh, for the finals, but there's no reason we can't create, create something like that in Texas as well. And that's what I want to do is get more games for people. Oh, I sense uh, I sense a league on it uh, in, the, in the future. I, I would love to, especially because I know that it would help uh, with our officiating. You know, getting games. How do you guys are like? How do we become a better official? Officiate. You get on more games and and you work and and I want to give everybody the opportunity to make you know the whole state of Texas better uh, for for water polo. So I think it's pretty remarkable how successful Texans have been, given the fact, and they don't, a lot of them, I think it's become more noticeable more recently in the last, let's say five to seven years, but I don't think they even realized how much fewer the games that they played than their California counterparts, for example. And, uh, and you're exactly right. Even back in the eighties, we had Wednesday night games and Saturday games. It was just like all the time. And you're playing against some of the best players, not just in the high school level, but in college in international, it's in, it was, in, you know, yeah. getting your butt kicked is about as good a learning experience as you can possibly have. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you, know, if you remember the Muchoard brothers, the Muchoards yeah. were pretty prominent. I played I've with never, Larry. Yeah. I've never been spun League. by somebody more than a Muchoard brother than I was at. I, I think we used to go to Tustin High School and play them on Wednesdays. And he just like, spin me, spin me, spin me up. Yeah. Good learning experience. All right. Well, congratulations. Um, obviously, you and I are going to bump into one another uh, in more than one occasion. You were at ODP, um, and I suspect that you'll be there again in the future, whether you know it or not. Um, but very great to speak with you, and welcome to Texas. Yeah, yeah I'm happy to be here. And uh, this state was already doing so much, like you said, before I got here. I just wanted to, to jump on the bandwagon and, and go along with it. And this is, uh, it's been great so far. That's Trent Calder. He's the new head coach at St. Mark's and has had a prestigious uh, career both in coaching and playing. Thank you very much. That was Trent Calder, the new Texas resident, your neighbor, well, actually your former neighbor, and uh, St. Mark's head coach um, and uh, also, uh, well, a huge contributor for ODP this last weekend as well. Um, Joe, what's up with your house? Oh, we, uh, we're, just, we're, just, we're just waiting for the appraisal now. 
But but it, it but you know you got it right. Your bid was approved. Our bid was approved. We have all the paperwork in. We're just waiting. We're just waiting for the appraisal, and then once once we get over that hump, then we just have to write a big check here at the end. <laughs> you don't understand, Joe. Like I had somebody who is this. I think uh, affiliated with my club, and uh, and she asked. So where's Joe moving to? <laughs> so we are, we are we are moving from. We currently are renting a house in Bolverde, Texas, and we're going to be moving to Hollywood Park. All right, so I haven't lived here. If for, everything goes well. Yeah, no, goes well. I know you have to always give that caveat. It's going to work. It'll be fine. Uh, I had no idea where Bolverde was. I mean, I knew where it was. I just never even heard the town name before. Is it new, or has it been around for you know I'm, century? I'm, I'm sure it's been around for a long, long time. It's just, just north on 281. It's just north of San Antonio on 281, and then Hollywood Park is just like a little city inside of San Antonio. Okay. I just thought it was funny. Like, where's Joe moving to? <laughs> you're like, you're like, you know who Joe is? I was going to thank you for being the listener to this show. That's fantastic. I love that. Um, okay, two tournaments coming up. Uh, tags and oh, by the way, my Thanksgiving was good too. Actually, Colorado, absolutely gorgeous up there, and uh, Santa Fe snowed as well, so it was really fun. Are you saying that I was rude by not asking you about? No, your- I forgot to mention it because I, I shifted <laughs> the conversation to you. I, I, I first of all didn't know you were going to South Padre when you mentioned it last week. Um, so, uh, I, I find that stuff uh, fascinating because I've actually never been to South Padre. So there you go. Okay. okay. Then it's just the, it's, 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 it's the redneck, the redneck Riviera. Right? So there you go. <laughs> I didn't say it. It wasn't me. Uh, okay. Two tournaments coming up. Um, we have spent what, like 40 minutes talking about them before we got on here and started recording. Tags and the Cowtown Stampede, they're both over the weekend. It's its actually kind of cool, if you ask me, except for maybe a little bit of a logistical issue. I didn't realize the two pools were about 40 minutes apart. But um, both on December 12 and 13, Joe is managing and uh, you could say running tags and, uh, and Cowtown is being done by Cowtown. So there you go. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, I think I, it's going to be... A lot of a lot of water polo. Um, it's just basically going to be the same size tournament as the Texas Challenge Cup, just at two different uh, kind of separate tournaments at two different locations. Yeah, and, eleven teams, ninth grade and under. What at nine teams, seventh grade and under? Do I have that right? Yeah, yeah just I wish it was twelve and eight, but that's okay. Yeah, why? Why? Because it's easier to have a twelve and eight team tournament than it is eleven and nine. I know, tournament. but people don't know that stuff. Like I know when when I need to organize a tournament, I just call Joe. Like, here, can you do it for me? And he does it like on the phone. So that whole thing about not, you know, like it doesn't matter how many teams you have. Oh yes, it does. It's it's a can be a pain in the rear end to figure that out. I mean, plus, I mean, it, there's just going to be logistical issues, just like uh, just like the Texas Challenge Cup, as far as no spectators. You know, there's the videographer questions. There's the on light, light the streaming questions. There's, of course, the most important thing is the safety guidelines and making yep. sure. And those are coming out today, right? It. Something like that. Uh, schedule and and uh, safety guidelines are going to be emailed uh, tonight, Tuesday night. Today, Tuesday right? Night. I should say Tuesday, yeah, because who knows when this is going to be out there? Okay. <laughs> Hopefully this week, James. Hopefully this week. Oh, come on! Stop pressuring me. So much stuff to do. Uh, all right. Thank you very much, Joe. There you go. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, all of you, for listening and telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast. And uh, a special thanks to our continued givers. And until next week, so long from Austin.
This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.